0: Hello and welcome to the Garden History Podcast. My name is Adley Richmond and I'm a garden, landscape and social historian. In the following episodes, I'm going to be taking you through my A to Z of garden history based on the people, plants, places and features which you might find in and around the subject of garden history. Today is the letter F for Thomas Fairchild. In the study of gardens and landscapes, we need to take into consideration the people who provided access to existing planting material, as well as to the wealth of new specimens. Thomas Fairchild was an 18th century English nurseryman. who was not only pivotal in the introduction of new and exotic plants to the general public, but he was also an experimental horticulturalist and was the first to create a hybrid plant deliberately. Fairchild was born in 1667 but we know very little about his early life but certainly by the age of 15 he was apprenticed to a cloth maker in London. During his apprenticeship he had little or no interest in the job in hand but became more and more fascinated with plants and gardens. And after he had served his seven years, he left the clothmaker to find work in Hawkston, which at the time was a village in North London, as well as being the centre of a flourishing market gardening trade. By the 1700s, he had his own nursery known as the City Gardens, where he collected, cultivated and supplied a range of rare and exotic plants, which were greatly sought after by his many wealthy clients. At Hawkston, Fairchild kept a vineyard of over 50 different varieties of grapes and was well known for his fruit trees and his collection of succulents, including his much-prized aloes. A speciality of his were the North American plants, which were supplied to him by the naturalist Mark Catesby, who you should have already come across in the letter A for American Gardens. Throughout his travels, Catesby painted beautiful images of animals, birds, insects, shrubs and many other plants. And on his return to England, Catesby stayed with Fairchild in Hawkeston, and chose to display his fabulous watercolours at Fairchild's nursery. This arrangement would indicate that apart from having a good working relationship between the two men, Fairchild's clientele had the money and the desire for the exotics on paper as well as the actual plants in the nursery. Thomas Fairchild was often referred to as the curious gardener of Hawkston, Now, this was meant in the true sense of the word, because in 1717, his intense curiosity resulted in the successful crossbreeding between a carnation, Dianthus cariophylus, and a sweet William, Dianthus barbatus. This produced a sterile hybrid, Dianthus cariophylus barbatus, which became known as Fairchild's Mule. Fairchild's experiment greatly alarmed him and left him with the moral dilemma between his pursuit of horticultural science and his devout faith. Now, since the 1660s, the Royal Society of London had been an organisation which promoted all sciences and its benefits but you had to be a member to present your work. Fairchild was not a member of the Royal Society, therefore his paper about his experiment were presented by someone else, who described how Fairchild had come across his hybrid mule by chance in his garden. Many people knew of Fairchild's experiments, However, the general consensus that it was wrong to meddle with God's creations was so strong at that time that it is entirely probable that Fairchild got cold feet and decided to let the members of the society believe that it was indeed a natural occurrence. Therefore, having manipulated God's creations several times, he sought to make amends. In his will, he made a provision for an annual endowment of £25 to St Leonard's Church in Shoreditch, London. The money was to be used for a sermon on Whit Tuesday and the subject was to be either the wonderful works of God or the certainty of creation. This became known as the vegetable sermon. And it would be over a hundred years later, that further extensive commercial hybridisation was explored. But Thomas Fairchild had let the genie out of the bottle. So when he wasn't dodging thunderbolts, Fairchild continued to provide practical information to potential customers. He was the first to address the gardening needs of urban dwellers because horticultural knowledge was very much needed in cities where the lack of space required people to adopt a very different style of gardening. He published The City Gardener in 1722, a book dedicated to plants that would thrive in polluted and urban environments. He included lists of plants that would grow in London squares, courtyards as well as balconies. Obviously, all of these urban-friendly trees and plants, which he suggested, were commercially available from his own nursery. But one particular tree worth mentioning is the now ever-present London plane, Plotanus Hispanica, a true city tree. It is the most common tree in many towns and cities, including London. "The London plane was said to be a natural hybrid between the Oriental plane (Platanus orientalis) and the American plane (Platanus occidentalis), and it proved to be an excellent urban tree due to its high tolerance of hard pruning and air pollution." In 1725, he joined the Society of Gardeners, who were based in and around London. They combined their knowledge to produce and publish a catalogue of trees and shrubs, both exotic and domestic, which were propagated and sold around the city. Thomas Fairchild died in 1729 and was buried in a quiet corner in St Leonard's Church. Each year, The Vegetable Sermon is still conducted by the Worshipful Company of Gardeners and in line with the wishes of his will, the lecturer of the Vegetable Sermon still receives a payment of 20 shillings. The coins are presented in a small velvet bag, which of course you now have to return. In 2003, Thomas Fairchild was commemorated with the gorgeous pink English shrub rose called the ingenious Mr Fairchild. You can see a portrait of Thomas Fairchild and an image of his hybrid mule on my podcast page at adverly.co.uk. You may also like to have a look at my pinned tweet at advelyr to see some of the letters I covered last year. Thank you for listening to the Garden History Podcast and please join me again for the next episode. Until then, thank you and goodbye.